Um, I just had this awesome memory. Um, I went to a huge, very white, very traditional Methodist church growing up. And at the end of the hymns, um, the, the associate pastor would always stand up and say, you may please be seated. He, he didn't say it, whatever you would say that or however you'd say it rightly. He said, you may please or you may please be seated. Yeah, it's just I don't know why I just thought about that. Well, I'm um, not Travis, but um, I wanted to read this before Sue comes up to share. Um, isn't Sue just awesome? Um, I mean, my goodness. Thank you, Chris. Um, I mean, wow. Mm. And I remember um, one of the the first times that I ever heard her pray, um, which listening to her pray is just like, man, we just need to record this and play this in the house, man. Um, but I will just never forget she just said it in her amazing Sue way, and the gates of hell are never going to prevail against your church. And I was just like, ah, oh, it just like was a sigh of relief for me. Um, and that um, it just reminded me, I've been in the book of Daniel a good bit lately, which has been wild. Um, but it just says this in Daniel 7, and I just wanted to read this before Sue comes up. I was watching in the same horn, was making war against the saints and prevailing over them until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. And it has just been plain in my... Lave Jacob, you staring at me while I'm speaking again. You'd be doing that on Monday nights. Now you do it on Saturday night. Um, but that's right. He is bringing life to Jacob. Um, this is Jacob, the generation that seeks your face, Lord God. Um, and so we are in that generation um, of the people that um, are going to seek his face. Those are the saints, really. And I don't know if this has been just a couple of us or everybody, whether they like to admit it or not, but we've been prevailed against for some time. I mean, in my experience, I have felt like a grape being stepped on repeatedly. Um, but you know what happens after that? Some really awesome wine to drink at the party at the end. And he saves the best wine for last. Um, so anyways, we've been prevailed over for a time, but the Ancient of Days is going to come. He's going to make a judgment in our favor and then the time will come for us to possess the kingdom. And Sue Walling um, is not only a sign of that, but I believe that she's one who's already gone ahead and stepped into some of the truth of that um, and the, the judgment of the favor for God's people. Um, no longer will you be called desolate or forsaken, but you will be named Hephzibah, for my delight is in her. Um, and I think she's gone ahead and spied out the land for us, so I'm ready to hear the notes. Um, from the land that's been promised for us. So, Sue, we're ready to receive from you, and uh, let's dive in. I thank God that I'm here tonight. And I greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's an act. <laughs> I am... Um, so blessed to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And I'm glad that you are here and we can share what the Lord has put in my heart tonight. And I was worshiping the Lord. He put something in me and because he did it when I was here, I'll assume I'm supposed to share that with you. But it was something that came into my heart about the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve, when sin came, and God came looking for them, and he wanted to commune with them, but 
they, they, they had been hiding. And I felt the Lord say to me tonight that we have been put back into his Eden. And he comes every day wanting to commune with us. And the enemy keeps on telling us that he's not coming, he's not there, that we can hear him. But I felt the Lord say to me tonight that every time he wants to talk to us and he, he comes looking for fellowship because he wants to fellowship with us. So you don't even have to struggle because he comes. And he, they didn't go to meet with him. He came to meet with them. And now that he has put us back, he comes to meet with us. So every time you turn, he's, he's there wanting to talk to you. So tonight I want to share with us something that uh, I've been thinking. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. And from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So from whatever is in my heart is what I'm going to speak because I can only speak from my abundance. And my abundance has been, and my desire has been of late, that I want to finish strong. I want to finish well. And there are so many finishing that can be because there is the morning and the day gets finished. So you can decide that every day of your life you want to finish the day well. And even the walk of faith, you may want to be like me and say, I want to finish stronger than I began. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight for giving us an opportunity to be in your house. How we desire to hear your voice. You have just reminded us that you always come wanting to fellowship with us, as you did with Adam and Eve. Every evening you would come and commune with them. So we thank you that you have come this evening wanting to commune with us. And we, we open up our hearts to you so that you can speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to read the word of God from the book of um, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. The Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down to the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sin, uh, of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. Like I have said earlier, what has been on my heart is about finishing. And I've been thinking, and more so because of where I'm coming from, the people that I, don't, I talk to. And since February, since the revival, I have continued to want to get deeper and to get more from the Lord. Because I would think of the many years that have gone by, and a majority of us and most of us and other people that are not even here would say, we are waiting for the, the revival. Then the revival came. And I thank God that I was in town. I thank God I had not gone to Africa. I thank God that I was here. And I was like, I've been waiting for this. And now it's here, and I'm here. And I would tell Chris, every time that I would get an opportunity, 
I would go and get as close as I could be. The, the earlier days, I was able to go in most of the times. And I would tell Chris, even if you're not doing anything, if you sit close to the fire, you will come out smelling like smoke. So I was like, I'm going to sit. Wherever I can, I have to be there. And so he shut down. And then what? came, we experienced it, then what? And I thank God that things happen, and sometimes when you are in the moment, you don't realize how important the moment is until the moment is past. And a lot of people that are older, they say they regret what they didn't do not what they did. So when all was done, when all was said and done, and now here we are, I'm like, I have been like, what next? I was there. I experienced the move of God. I remember sitting close to somebody. He was from, I think, from West Virginia or someplace. And he came to me, and he gave me $20. And he told me that God has told him that the enemy has been stealing our money, which was very true because that was the time when Chris was not even working. Three months he couldn't go to work. And he came and he said, God has told me to give you this and tell you that the enemy has been stealing your finances. And God has seen it as he's going to move on your behalf. And so here I am several months later and I'm like, where are you, God? So there are things that happen, and this is what I'm, I, I, I want to say to us, that the enemy is a liar. The devil is a liar. And he would want everybody who was in Wilmo, and especially us who live in Wilmo and the surrounding area, to tell us that nothing really happened. Like, something happened, but then... We got to wait for something to happen. We going to wait for the real thing. That's, that was like it, but really, there is. I know there is more, and I believe there is more, and I want more every day, but we got to wait for something else. But I, I'm here to challenge us that we have, like what John Edward said, we have already entered in what God has begun to, to do these last days. The enemy would want us to keep, uh, to keep us in limbo, waiting, when already we are in it, and then we don't move and act with God. Because God didn't just do it for nothing. He had a plan, and the plan is on motion. And if we don't move, we will look back and we'll be like, I wish I knew there was something that he was doing. I, it was so interesting when uh, Steve was here and he would come into our house and he was like, the presence of God is here. And I'm like, I live here. Do I really experience that presence that he's really feeling like he would feel it? It's like I'm stepping in the Holy of Holies. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so easy to miss on something that is there because you, so you, get, you, you can get used to it. And we can get used to what God did. And then we, people who are not from here, they come and say, as soon as they get to the why, they can feel the blessings of God. And us who are here, we just walk and like, it's, it's normal. It's just the way it was. But I desire that our hearts may be awakened. Our hearts may be stirred up. Our ears may be opened so that we can sense what God is doing and where he is. So God has already started. So my message tonight is, are we going to finish strong? Like we did, like we were during that time. Are we going to finish strong? When God is moving, one of the things that enemy does, like I said earlier, is to distract us from what God is doing. 
And one of the best distractions there, that they unleash is the enemy telling you nothing is happening. Like it's it's normal. This is it's nothing. There's nothing new. There is there's nothing to be excited about actually. And uh, and and you can just be there and not sense what God is doing because the enemy has lied to you that there is that everything is as it, it, it was and nothing new is happening. So let's keep our eyes on the reward. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Paul spoke and said that um, we are in a race and we are running. And so when we are running, we have to, let me, let me read those scriptures in the, I think it is in, uh, is it Corinthians or? Let me check. First Corinthians. Uh, First Corinthians 9. Uh, verse 24, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for, uh, for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as, uh, not as uncertainly, uh, so do I fight, not as one that, has, uh, uh, that is beating the air, but I keep under my body, but I keep under my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So uh, Paul is talking about running, and I have said this even in times before, but I come from a country of people who run. And when people are practicing for races, they do it differently. There are people who run the short races. There are people who go for the marathons. And our walk and our calling is not a short race. It's a wrong one. We, it's, it's a marathon. And to practice for a marathon, you can't, you can't just dash. You got to have the, the stamina to keep you going mile after mile after mile. Like I was talking about the revival, there are people who came in and it was a dash. So they ran, and as soon as it crossed, they were done. And things went back to normal. But there are some of us that have to keep going, knowing that was just the beginning. The race is just ahead of us. So we got to keep going until we finish strong. You can finish and finish last, but I want us to finish strong. I want to finish strong. And Paul talks about running and he said the people who run, they, they have to follow some, they have to do it in a certain manner. And for us, in our calling, we have to do it in the way that God's us, uh, God wants us to do it. When God, called, uh, when God uh, spoke to Moses about going to the land of uh, promise, he intended that all the people that he called out of Egypt to go all the way to Canaan, but so many of them never made it, including Moses. They murmured in the wilderness. Some had strange fires, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed some in the wilderness. They murmured. They were bitten by snakes. And God said, you're not going to go all the way. And even Moses, because he disobeyed, he also didn't make it. See, for two, two people, Caleb and Joshua. And God spoke about them. So I see only I see these two people 
who finished strong, because I remember Kereb, say, uh, Kereb saying that as strong as I was 45 years ago, when he was saying, give me this mountain, I am as strong as I was 45 years ago. So he not only finished, he finished strong, that even as an old man, he was still able to take a mountain. He, they did it because they walked in a way that was different from the others. In these last days, God is looking for people who will be different from everyone else. And I, I, I'm so glad that I'm arrived at this particular time. You know, there are so many things that are happening. And uh, I know there are people who are like, oh, these times are so hard. But I'm so excited that I'm alive at this particular time. But because God, in his design, he knew that we are the people who can occupy, who can conquer the earth at this particular time. And so he, in us, we have everything that is needed for us to excel and to succeed in these particular times. We have the ears that can hear God in this particular time. We have what it takes to turn sinners to Christ at this particular time. When people are, when there is a lot of evil, God, when he looked at me, he knew in me, he, has, he had put in me what can influence the world for him at this time. He didn't need Moses. That's why Moses was there then. I couldn't have done it at that time. So he needed me for now. He needs you for now. You have what it takes to turn sinners to Christ now. You have what it takes to influence earth for Jesus now. Let not the enemy write to us that there is something better. There is something what to say that how to say that in English. It's it's so funny what I thought in. <laughs> there is the we the enemy wants us to feel like there is another thing, and I believe there is another thing. I I, I know there is more. I want a bigger move of God, I want a bigger anointing, but I still know in me already I am walking with Christ Jesus. I remember one time years back, we went for a mission in a, in a very hard place. And uh, as we were there, it, it kind of felt like we, we not, we're not doing much. And it was hard. There was, it's a place that, is, that people practice a lot of witchcraft. And so you kind of feel like you are fighting every day. You're trying so hard. You go for dot door. Only maybe two people say yes to Christ, and you've been walking in the sun. You're so sweaty, you're so hungry, and then you come back. And you know when we go for when people go for missions, in the morning you wake up very early. You pray. You have we call it morning glory. So you really if you're in the mission, you have to wake up for morning glory. It doesn't matter how how tired you were last night. So we pray, and then we have, we have breakfast. Then we go for to, door to door. So when you're leaving the morning glory, going for door to door, you're so charged. You're so full of God. Then you go and you find, it's like walls. You come into a place, a home, and everybody takes off the other way because they know you're coming to preach. They take off because they don't want to listen to you. Some are so hostile, they're like, you're not coming in here. We don't want to hear the gospel. So you come back so discouraged and feeling so like it's really, it's really not working. And then in the afternoon, you go for open-air meetings. Then in the evening, we call it revival, whereby, again, you want to charge yourselves and preach the few sinners that will show up. So in the midst of that, it's raining, and the soil is red soil that is so sticky, like when you step, it you lift up your foot, it's like you have a, the shoe and has a, has a, a, a layer of, of dirt with you. So you really walk, it's hard. So then God spoke to somebody and he came and told us, God has said this, that there is, he's starting a new way. It's a new way and a, a new beginning 
a, 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 new, a new way that he is with you. I can't remember. I can't, I can't really actually translate the words exactly what they, how they are. So, and then uh, we were just, we were just in the, we had a ministry. There was no church, but we were just a few people coming, getting together and going to preach. But after that, after some time, then we had the breakthrough and the mission and the ministry took off and we started seeing the fruits. What do I want to say with all that? I want to say there is a time when February was here and we were feeling God everywhere we turned. Then March and April has come and kind of it's like not, nothing much is happening. But I, I feel it in me that God is ready to take off with us. People who have stayed tuned in, people who have not lost what we got, we are going to finish strong. We're going to go all the way with the Lord because it wasn't coincidence that you are here then. He designed it that we will be here at this particular time because whatever he did in our hearts, he wants to take it all the way. He wants, he wants to use us all the way. So God wants us to finish. He intends us to finish strong. So even when you wake up and you're not feeling God, I would want you to be speaking to the day and tell the day in the morning, day, I will finish strong today. It doesn't matter what the enemy is going to throw to me today, I'm going to finish strong. As we keep our eyes on the reward, we know we have a promise with the Father. God has already promised us things that he is going to do along the, along the way. But we've got to keep the flame, the flame alive. <laughs> we've got to keep the flame alive. Years back uh, when IHOP was started, uh, I think that was, it was so, these words were so strong here in America, that the fire of the altar shall not be put off. And it was, it was strong. People talked about it. The fire of the altar has to keep burning. And it's true. We have to keep the fire burning, even in our own lives, even in our own hearts. When you wake up in the morning, you got to remove the ashes from last night, the discouragement, the dreams that came in the night and make you think God is not with you, phone calls, like sometimes that, that I receive in the middle of the night and I'm like, God, <laughs> I'm just moving my chair. There's nothing much I can do. You got to remove the ashes, the old ashes, and put in new firewood so that the fire can keep going. For those who have had been, and I think all of you have been in camps and fires, and you got to stoke the fire. So mine tonight is just stoking the fire. I know the fire is there. It has not gone out. But I came to stoke the fire. I'm just stoking the fire so that the fire can keep going because we are the people that God is counting on to finish strong. Not only finish, but finish strong. He is counting on us to accomplish what he started here in Wilmo. He is counting on me to do what he has started in my family He's counting on you for your family, for the people that he has designed for you to influence. So when you, when you are at a camp, somebody has to get up from wherever they are sitting and get to the fire, stroke the fire, put on more firewood so that the fire can keep, keep going. And you've got to do that. Otherwise, the enemy will come and lie to you and tell you the fire is going out. Nothing much is happening. Remember you prayed? You believed God? How long has it been? Has he really answered? Did he really do it? Do you think he even had you? You got to stop the fire and tell the enemy, you are a liar. He had me because he cannot lie. His word says when I pray and I believe, he has done it. So even if I'm not seeing it right now, I know he had me and it's done. We have to fight the enemy. When you, when you come to Christ, you've got to realize you're in a battle. And the enemy does not quit. Because he lied to you in the morning, 
He will not shy off lying to you this afternoon and in the evening. He will still look for something to tell you and to distract you from what God is doing by showing you what he has not done or what he wants you to think that God has not done. So he magnifies what you have not experienced so that you can forget what you have already experienced. And he, if you, if you have ever had a, a heart or some, some place where there is an injury, like if you have ever hit your toe, when you are walking, the shoe will hurt that place. And you're like, oh, my foot. And it's only one toe. And you're like, my foot hurts. And it's just a toe. Or the finger, or if you like, if you if you if you're using a needle and you you you, you pluck your finger, then the, the the pain will keep on reminding you, oh my finger, oh my finger, and it's like everything is focused on that one place that is hurting. So the enemy tries to show us that one thing that is hurting, and he magnifies it. Until you forget the nine fingers that are not hurting. And all the concentration is on that one thing that is not working. So you think, was God even there? Did he even hear me? Is he going to answer? But those are just some of the distractions that the enemy brings so that we do not finish strong. He knows if we keep going, we're going to finish well. So he, and because we have already started, the only thing he can do is to distract us so that even if we finish, it will be like with the tongue out, like, you are dying, you are dying, you are, you, you, you barely make it, you are barely making it. Even though all what God has put in us is there, he wants you to think you don't have it. But I'm here to tell you this evening, you have it, and God is counting on you. We went to preach in a place one time, one of those nations that were hard. And uh, the name of the place, uh, the place has a name that has a meaning. It's a place whereby, uh, I don't know how to explain that, but because we don't have those things here. But it's a place whereby there are some called Jesus. Thank God they are not Jesus in America. <laughs> but Jesus is uh, I don't know whether I don't know whether to call it an insect or whatever it is, but it's a parasite. Jesus gets into I personally believe Jesus are very demonic. Because you will only fight Jesus in places where there is a lot of poverty, witchcraft there have to be a lot of things that are not working for Jesus to thrive. But when they thrive, they really do. They get into people's toes, heels, fingers, anywhere they can get into, they do. Until you find, you, you meet with kids that can only walk with their heels. They can't, they can't put their, their, their whole feet on the ground because it's, it's so full of those things that it's hideous. It's, it's bad. So the name of that village is a place that has those things. So it was a hard place. Like they, they, must have, they must have had them in big numbers until they called the village the place of Jesus. That's the name of the village. So we went into this place of those things. And it was, it was a hard mission. The first thing when you get there is, you know, when you, we, there's an excitement of going for a mission. And then you get to the mission, and I'm telling you for those who will come to permission, who will go to permission to other countries, and then you get the shock of your life. You still have your mi in your mind, like, there'll be a bed for you, there'll be a place to sleep, and then you get on the ground and you find there is no bed. They show you a room that has barely nothing. So we, we get to this village, and it's not that we're coming from a very well-out place. We're still coming from a hard place, but the place is so hard, like, it shocks us, like, oh. Because it's not only, the floor is not 
smooth. So it's, it's bumpy, there are rocks. And you're going to sleep there. And you're, you don't have a mattress. You don't have, a, you don't have anything. You only have yourself and your clothes. So you got to figure out how, how you're going to sleep there. So it was a hard mission. And we, we were really discouraged. And we went out one day. And then we, were, we set up the PA so that we can preach the whole village. And as we were singing, God opened a child, ears of a child that had deaf ears. The child was completely deaf and dumb. And we were just singing. And the kids started singing. So we had a breakthrough because everybody knew the kid doesn't talk. And nobody prayed for the kid. We were just singing our songs, trying to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And the kids started singing. And uh, the people went wild. And we were like, what happened? So we get to know what God did. And so that changed the village. So from there, the meetings changed. So we have a God. Even when we think nothing is happening, He's still working because he is in partnership. He wants to partner with us. Another distraction that the enemy brings is fear. He wants us to be so fearful of what is happening or what might not happen so that we do not move. But we need to be tenacious in our spirits so that we can, we can, we can say that we can walk and be ready to, like I said, a, a, a marathon. You've got to be tenacious. You've got to have the stamina to go all the way. Our God is a winner. And if you stick with him long enough, you're going to win. But the enemy doesn't want you to stick with him. He wants to show you that it's not working. Nothing much is happening. You have prayed for this thing over and over and over. And he has not moved. But I want to, uh, to encourage us tonight that if we stick with our God, we're going to win with him because he has already won and he is a winner. The fear of what the other ten spies saw when they went to spy the land kept them from reaching the promised land. They were so fearful. They saw the people and they said, they are like giants, and even the way, even even uh, even how they we saw ourselves, we were like grasshoppers. So they were so fearful, and they instilled fear to the other people. So fear kept them from their inheritance. The enemy can bring fear in your heart, so that you do not get you do not get to your inheritance. You do not get what God has. In, uh, has, in, has planned for you. Sometimes we miss a lot of things. We miss what God wants for us because of not accepting the challenge. God, there is, there, is, there is something that God wants to do with you. And then the challenge comes. Something is in front of you, but fear will keep you from experiencing or from seeing what God wants to do with you. By not accepting the challenge, you miss out from what God wants to do with you. And I, as I speak to us, I'm not speaking like somebody who has attained it. I'm speaking like somebody who has struggled with all these things. There are times that situations have been there for me. People that have been there for me to pray for. But fear kept me from doing it. Like, what if what if when, when you want to say, your ears will be opened. And the enemy says, what if the ears don't open? So you are like, you want to use words that are very, very nice so that you're not embarrassed just in case. So you start saying, God can do all things and we believe him. Even if it doesn't happen right now, we know. Because you... Already the enemy has instilled fear in you, so you don't want to be embarrassed. So fear has kept me, has kept us from getting into the challenge. And I know I have told you this story, but I'll, I'll say it again. <laughs> One time my cousin lost a child, and my mother was not feeling well, so I was sent 
represent my mother. My cousins, their, their mother was my mother's sister, and she died years before when they were little. So my mother came in as their mother, so she, she is like the mother figure for them, and everything that has to be done, and a mother is required to be there, my mother had to be there. So now, because my mother couldn't go, I was sent as the representative, because I'm a believer, I can pray, like my mother does, I can, if, when it's going back home, we go to the mortuary to identify the body and to make sure it's the right body. I will have to go in and do that. And because I'm now in place for the grandmother, I'll have to be there as we dressed the little body. So we did all these things. But when we were there dressing the body, I kept feeling in my heart, this child can resurrect. And then I would look at the people that were with me. They were Catholics. Nobody had a similar faith like me. And I'm like, I wish there's somebody here that I can, that we can agree together with. So we, we got the body. We went to where the parents had a piece of land. And the grave had been dug. But when they were almost finishing, the chief, the headman of the village came and said, a body cannot be buried in that particular area. So the, they had to, to cover the grave and plant a, 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 a banana tree and moved to another location to start. The young men left there to start digging the grave. So they are digging the grave in the second place, a, a, a public cemetery. Then the grandfather to the child, my, my, the, 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 the man who had married my auntie said, my grandchild cannot be buried in a public cemetery. So this is the second grave. So the second grave is covered. And I'm riding in the vehicle that has the body. And I'm feeling in my heart, I think this baby can resurrect. But I'm like so fearful. So the second grave was covered. So now we had to move from one location and travel miles to go to another location. So we got there. The young men, they went ahead. There were no phones to call ahead for the people in that village to start digging the grave. So they took one vehicle and they rushed there and we are coming behind with the body. And all this time, I'm struggling in my heart. I'm almost in tears because I'm like, I wish I could gather the courage to call this child. So eventually, long story short, we got there few minutes before six. In Kenya, you have to bury a body before six. So they had to put the body first, even before everything was done, and cover the body so that they can, we can do the rest of the rites after that. As soon as the body was put in the ground and they covered the body, they covered the casket, I broke down. I was like, God, I have let you down. And I couldn't even wait. I left, and I went to, uh, to a place whereby there was a somebody from a church, a believer, and I cried the whole night because I knew God was giving me a chance three times, and I never did it. So I'm not saying this because I've always lost to the occasion. I'm saying this because I know fear keeps us from getting into the challenge that has been laid before us. And the enemy tells you, what if? You know, if I had called the child and the child didn't resurrect, that was the worst that could have happened. The child was already dead, so the worst that could have happened is not the child not waking up. So that shouldn't even have worried me. I should have gone ahead and called the child. And then, <laughs> so I know there are places that we have not ventured because fear keeps us from a lot of things for not accepting the challenge. We are afraid to step out in God a little further that we have, than we have been before. I have seen deaf ears opened. I have seen blind eyes opened. But when it comes to resurrection, you're like, I don't know. You have prayed for somebody with a headache and they got healed. But the enemy tells you, not that one. I know so-and-so. I even have a relative who has the same condition. I know somebody who have never, I have been praying and have, it has never happened. And so the enemy keeps us from going further than we have been before. 
But God wants us to go all the way with him. He has put in us what we need so that we can finish strong. The enemy will keep on bringing things, discouraging us, uh, telling us the giants are so huge and we cannot bring down the giants, telling us we are not the only people in Wilmo. There are so many people. There are people who are here in Wilmo who are bigger than us, who are closer to the revival than we were, who have seen God in greater ways than we have. So who are we? We can just sit here and wait for something else. Or we can step out and say, God, you placed us in Wilmo for a time such as this. And we are not going to settle until we see what you intended to do with us. You didn't. It wasn't a mistake that we were here. It, it's not a mistake that we meet here and people had to come here. We want all what God has for us. I had a song tonight that we are made for more. You are made for more. And we have in us the capacity for what God wants with us. And like God spoke to me earlier, he comes wanting to talk to us. He came into the garden. He was, Adam, where are you? So every day God is coming and says, Sue, where are you? I'm so preoccupied. The enemy is fighting me and telling me this has been going on forever. It's not going to change. After the, after the revival, there was a time that I really, really struggled praying. <laughs> and I would wake up. I wake up at 5 5.30 every morning. I read my Bible and I go on the floor where I, I pray. And I'm like, I don't even have a word. <laughs> I want to open my mouth and I'm like, I have nothing to say. It's like, I'm, I'm not all there. And it was, it's, it's a struggle. But I have to tell myself whether I'm saying anything or nothing. I'm staying here. I came here. And so, body, you're going to stay here. You're not going anywhere. There's no tea for you until you're done. Whether you, you got, we got to bring the body to subjection. We got to bring our mind to subjection. Every day is not the same. But I have learned to speaking to the day. And I tell the day, today, day, you're going to bring forth things that are favorable for me. And when the day is over, I will be, will be looking back to see the victory and not the chances that I've missed. I may miss them. I miss them. I miss them every day. I walk in the store and I'm like, I should talk to that person. But I'm, you may understand my accent. <laughs> and I'm gone. <laughs> They'll be asking me, where are you from? And I really don't want to talk about that. So I'm like, I don't them and I'm gone. So I miss the chances. But God still wants to use us. He wants us to finish strong. He has a plan. And if we stick with him long enough, we will win. Because we are winners. We are more than conquerors. Because that's what his word says. Hebrews 3. And that's uh, I think the last scripture that I'm going to read. Hebrews 3, 14, the Bible says, we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Can somebody read that scripture in NIV? Yes. Amen. If we hold to the end the confidence that we had in Christ, remember how confident you were when you came to Christ. Remember how confident you were when you, were, you got the Holy Spirit. Remember how confident you were that you could say, God spoke to me. But because you missed one time, you said something, and then somebody said, I really don't think that's what is happening. Now you cannot say to somebody, to anybody, that I feel like God is saying this because you missed it. The enemy tells you, you're going to miss it again. You'll be a liar. God didn't speak to you. But if we hold unto the confidence, we're going to finish well. 
we should be able to tell the enemy, you cannot lie to me. I know you are a liar. So every time he says something, you should say the opposite. He tells you, you don't hear God, you tell the enemy, I hear God. And I hear him every day. And you read the Bible and you tell him, I heard him. He said this. And you read a scripture back to him and you say, he said that. And I have heard him. You can't tell me that I don't hear from God because I do. The enemy will always try to show us what we cannot do, but we have to start and, uh, and, and know that we have to start our ground. Ecclesiastes says that the end of a matter is better than the beginning. So we have to remember where we are headed is better than where we were or where we began. We, we have enjoyed, I've enjoyed my walk with God. We were talking with Chris here. And I was like, Chris made me a story that, of something that happened. And he told me, you need stories from here. <laughs> That's things that God is doing here. And he is. He has been working even here. But the enemy, we want, like, I don't think much has been happening. And then I remembered one time, I, I was praying. In, and, I, and I had this, and I, I, at night I had a dream. And I saw this lady here in in this area, and I saw her carrying a lot of packages. Like she was overwhelmed with packages. She was able to hold them together, but there were so many that they were falling over. And I, and I was like, I need to go help carry the packages. A few months later, I met with her, and I told her, ah, this is the time I had this funny dream. I was dreaming you were carrying packages, and it's like kind of you needed help to carry the packages. And she told me, you have no idea the things that have been happening in my life. Like, I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. So, you, yes, you really need to help me carry the packages. So God is still speaking. God still wants to work with us. But the enemy keeps on reminding us, you don't hear God. It's been a while since he spoke to you. You, you have been waiting, and he hasn't done it. But I want to encourage us tonight that we can finish and finish strong. Because he who called us, he who lives in us, is the mighty one of Israel. He loves us with an everlasting love. He wants to commune with us every day. He He's not looking for somebody else in my stead. He wants me. But the enemy keeps on telling me there's somebody better than you. He can fight somebody else. I remember uh, hearing somebody preaching and they said that God wanted to send them to a place and they were like, God sent somebody else. And God said, I don't even have anyone else to send. You are the only person who can go. So God is counting on us and God wants us to finish well. And let us put on the whole armor of the Lord. And then we start. Because the enemy is a defeated enemy. The enemy cannot defeat us. God has already given us victory. I remember, I just remembered another story. One time we were in a camp. And after we were done, they invited us in a house. And I... I, I was only there because they thought I came from that area because I went to school in that area, but I didn't come from that area. So we went to this meeting at night, and they talked about, and there was a lot of talk of about what the enemy is doing, the demons, what they do, what they cannot do, what, a lot of things. And I was kind of sleepy because it was late at night, but I was jolted when somebody, when we started praying and somebody stood and started prophesying and he was saying, he was speaking on behalf of God and he was speaking and saying, the, the devil is not stronger than I am. And that thing has never left me. That God was so angry that we sat for hours talking about what the devil can do instead of talking what God can do. Sometimes we don't talk about what the devil can do, but we think what he can do. Because he, when it comes to talking, we are able to, I'm able to talk faith. But when I'm alone, 
and the challenge is looking me into the eye. A phone call has come and somebody is so sick and I'm here and I, I don't even know what, the, what is happening. The enemy tells, tells me, there's nothing you can do. They're going to die and you're here. So he, he, can, he can really work on your mind. And so instead of seeing the victory, you start seeing the defeat. But God has called us to finish strong. So run the race like it is a marathon. The people who are running 200 meters are already done, and they have moved on to something else, and they are done, and they are talking in the past tense. It was, it happened. But as far as I'm concerned, that was just the beginning. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just doing the warm-up. I'm, <laughs> I'm just doing the warm-up. I'm ready to go with God all the way so that I can finish strong. I want to see what it is that God had in mind for me to be here at a time like now. Not just about the revival. For me to be alive now, I want to see what it is that he had in mind. I don't want to get into heaven and I'm looking back. I'm like, I really missed it. Okay, I made it to heaven, but I should have been more involved with God. I should have done this and this and this. I really want to be a participant. I want to participate to work with God so that I can finish strong. Not only just finishing, but I want to finish strong. And it's possible for each one of us. It's possible for every believer because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Holy Spirit, he filled you, is the one that the apostles had. The disciples, the, the, the Holy Spirit that the disciples received is the whole, same Holy Spirit that we have received. So there is nothing else that God needs to do for us to be effective in the ministry. He has given it all. All we need to do is to act, to tell him we are ready, to tell him we can walk with you. I'm ready to walk with you. And even when we miss him, we'll be able to tell the enemy, I'm forgiven. And I'm, I'm, I'm going all the way with the Lord and I'm finishing strong. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this evening. We honor your holy name. Thank you for reminding us that you come every day wanting to commune with us. Lord, there are times that we don't hear your voice because we are engaged with other things. We are engaged with our fears. We are engaged with our struggles and our challenges and, our, and the things that we're going through. But tonight, we want to ask you that you may forgive us where we have missed you, forgive us. And we want to declare to you, enemy, that you are at our feet and you are defeated. Your voice sometimes is louder than what we ought to be hearing. But tonight, we command your voice to be quiet. This, the, the voice that is speaking greater than what our Lord is speaking, we, we bring it down now in the name of Jesus. There is no other name that is greater than the name of Jesus. So every challenge that any one of us is going through, every sickness, every condition, we command it to, go, to, to cease in the name of Jesus because Jesus is speaking better things in our lives. In every one of us in this, uh, in this ministry, we speak victory. We thank you, Jesus, because you're speaking better things. Thank you, because there is a list that you have set ahead of us. And I declare tonight that each one of us will run their race, and they will come out victorious. We are all going to finish strong. Even as a fellowship, as a, a part of your body, we are going to accomplish whatever it is that you set us in realm of form. Whatever it is that you put us in this, uh, in this location for, we are going to partner with you. And we are going to do it, and we are going to accomplish it, and the devil will, there's nothing the devil can do about it. So we thank you, Jesus, because our eyes are opened, our ears are opened, and we are your people. And we thank you for trusting us with your anointing for this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Sue. Wasn't that so good? Just such a 
wake-up call. Um, it's really awesome. So um, I guess that'll do it. Um, and, I mean, if anybody's got something that they want or need prayer for, let's do that tonight. Um, I mean, sure, don't forsake the gathering of the brethren in a communal sense, but don't forget the gathering of the brethren just two or three, two. Two or three, two, two or three. <laughs> don't forsake that. Um, where two or three gather in my name, I'm there too. Um, so if you've got a prayer need tonight, you know, feel free to step out. And if you've got a word for someone, step out and share it. Um, a lot of the times we're, we are our own greatest source of encouragement, just each other. Um, so be blessed. I pray specifically that we all have an opportunity to share the gospel with someone this week. Um, it's the power of God that's going to save them. First, the Jews, uh, but then the Greeks also, everyone else. Um, so be bold, be humble, um, and be calm. This is all going to plan. Um, in Revelation, it gets pretty stinking dark in the earth. That means we're following the manual. Um, there's a really awesome ending at the end. So, yeah, be blessed, and let's do this.